Bruce Cook is honored to have you join his conversations with people committed to talking with heart and brain functions in full operating gear. No spin, no agenda, just authentic conversation on just about anything. Welcome to the Bruce Cook Conversation. Bruce welcomes Ron Salisbury, the third-generation family owner of their legendary L.A. restaurant, El Cholo, celebrating their 100th year in business. The Bruce Cook Conversation with your host, Bruce Cook. Trending now, here's your host, Bruce Cook. Brought to you by the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute at Hogue. Good Sunday night, everybody. It's Bruce Cook and the conversation tonight live on Angels Radio AMA 30 KLAA. Honor to be here tonight. Always a great pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. Our next hour is going to be special. I have a live in studio guest tonight. He is a very good friend. He's been on several times before. He also is here because he is certainly one of the biggest Angel fans in all of Orange County. His name is Ron Salisbury. And I will give him a very brief introduction because we have so much to learn and to and to discuss. But Ron is the third generation proprietor, owner, master of the very famous El Cholo restaurant chain in Los Angeles, Orange County, and elsewhere. He also runs the very high-end and exclusive and fabulous uh, uh, Louis in Newport Beach and also the Cannery in Newport Beach, as well as other propriety proprietor, excuse me, as well as other restaurants in other states. He is celebrating the 100th year of El Cholo Family Restaurant, which is without question a landmark by any standard, especially in the restaurant business and certainly here in Southern California. So we are going to talk angels, we're going to talk the restaurant business, and we're going to talk life and what it is what it is like to be in a family business for 100 years, and what does the future hold? So, ladies and gentlemen, let's say hello to Ron, who's sitting across from me right now. Ron, welcome. Thank you, Bruce. Happy to be here, as always. You know, it's so great to have you actually come in. It's so much better to have you sitting right across so that I can see your smiling face. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you all could be in the studio with us. This guy is so smart and so amazing and so much has so much to give. And uh, later in the show, we're going to talk about something that he's doing to give back. He is always giving back, but something really special that he's doing to give back. Since it's Angels, since it's Sunday night, we're going to sit back and we're going to reminisce for an hour, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoy it. But we're going to start by talking about the Angels game today with the Red Sox. They lost. Ron, talk to me. Well, they lost the whole weekend series, so, and uh, it's going to be interesting going forward. Early in the season, and a lot of people saying a lot of things. We still don't know, do we? So all we can do is watch the team play and see what it looks like. We don't know, and it's. I was really encouraged because they started off in preseason, and the first game's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, they did that last year, too, as you recall. They had a great season and hit that, that losing streak. So uh, so you, as a as a many, many decade Angels fan who loves baseball, what's your advice to the team? Or can I ask that? Can I ask that? <laughs> I, I, can, I wouldn't call it advice. It's just opinions, I guess. That uh, well, You and I were talking earlier. It'd be nice if the, uh, 
if they sold, uh, broke the, the sale of the team down to all the fans in Orange County and everybody could buy a share. Just like they have the bricks over there with, with your name in the front as you walk up. And you, that, that draws a lot of people. Talk I, about I, talk I have about all my that. family, my grandkids and kids, and their names are all over there. So, And they love to come and see the brick there. So it's part ownership. If you have owned something, you really feel differently towards it. Talk more about that. There's another team that does that. Uh, the Green Bay Packers do that, and I, and the uh, actually the Atlanta Braves have done it. Now you actually can buy shares, which you could profit from it. You actually have ownership. Green Bay Packers is a symbolic thing. It, you you buy a share, and all you can say is it really is legal ownership. But you can just say I I uh, I have ownership in it. Uh, Atlanta Braves actually you can make money off it. What about if? Do you think that's there's any chance of that, or are no. we just talking <laughs> talking, talking in the cloud? <laughs> yeah, this is this is a hot stove league yeah. talk. So. This is this is not going to happen. So no. that hundred dollar share no. isn't uh, in in the works. What do you think will happen? Um, are we going to sell this year, or do you think it's just going to drag on? Any clue? I mean the team, or yeah, the team. Well, Artie says he's going to hang on to the team for a while, and I, I would imagine he's committed to hanging on. I go, the big question is, of course. Is Otani going to be part of it? And some of the conversations don't sound that. Uh, Otani says he wants to play for a winning team, and uh, Artie says he will be with us as long as uh, as long as we're competing. So neither one of those are indicative that you know we're going to get married, does it? No, but that decision's forthcoming. Yes. Yeah. Does it always come down to the money? Of course. <laughs> I had a good friend of mine, my best friend, who passed away, and every his answer to everything was, "It's all about the oil." <laughs> Everything was all about the oil. It was about the money. So, is that life? Yeah, it is. Is it ever not? Is it ever not? Is it ever not? You know, we, were, uh, we, you and I were talking earlier about, uh, and, and to switch momentarily, that uh, my grandparents were the ones that came here and started the El Cholo, and we were able to dedicate a the city dedicated a the intersection by the restaurant to them. It's their Alejandro and Rosa Borges uh, Square, and. For the first time, I started to think back. People say, um, oh, oh, you reached 100 years. Looking back, what do you say? I've never looked back. I've never taken a chance to sit back and enjoy it. I always had everything I could do to get up and take care of today and maybe what's going to happen tomorrow. But looking back, it, it was this wonderful, warm, warm, glowing thing. They came here simply chasing the American dream from the territory of Arizona. And it used to be we chased the American dream of of uh, you know, uh, just building a business that we could be proud of, and if we did it good and well, we'd be uh, we'd be received money that we could live a good, solid life, and that's all people dreamed of. Now it's you know, I think a lot of kids, I think going that generation thing, but a lot of them, it's uh, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to be rich, and I'm going to be famous, and it's, so American dream is unfortunately kind of on the wayside right now. You know, it's interesting that you said the territory of Arizona. Yeah. Because in those days, it was a territory yeah. and it, there was not much there. Yeah. Did they share stories or do you remember any stories of what it was like for them to come to Los Angeles? And why did they choose Los Angeles and how they end up on Western Avenue? Well, Arizona in those days really was a dusty, you know, just a territory. And one story that stands out in my mind and has to do with law and order is my mother said that. Uh, you know, when someone stole a horse and they had a gallows in the town square of Globe, Arizona, where she's from, and it was required that you go down. And when they hung the horse thief, everybody had to watch. And she said, we had a very law-abiding population 
And so uh, that that story's always stayed with me. That's a whole other other radio show, Ron. Yes, I know. Wow. But and she was proud. Well, Los Angeles. It was a sleepy little town, but it still was this beacon. Arizona, there was nothing there. And she would tell me the stories of how they would come from Arizona. Of course, there was no paved roads. We didn't have freeways. Uh, and how they had to cross rivers because people would put planks down. And, of course, it was in a car that you had to crank to get up, and it was all open. And I, I drove over there a while back, and I thought, that's a long drive over there. And I thought... I did this in a few hours. It must take them days, and yet they didn't complain. They thought it was a just a just a, something to do. What else can you share with the audience about your early days? You would, as, uh, reading your bio, I think if I'm right, you were approximately um, ten years old, um, <clears throat> or I'm sorry, the business was approximately ten, ten, ten years, years old, old when, when you I were was born. born. Yeah. So you were a little boy seeing what was going on. What is your memory of that time? Well, this is, you know, I'm, thanks for asking because this is, um, well, we're getting a lot of people interview us now for the first time because it's the 100th anniversary. And uh, and one of the biggest questions they ask is, that it. looking back, what do you see? And, you know, it's been, I've always known it was a heck of a journey. I've always known it was very rich and wonderful experiences. But as I said earlier, I, 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 I get up every day just just dealing with today and what lies ahead is, all-encompassing and now i'm i am looking back and i'm really kind of enjoying the stories and the thing you know i, I enjoy really enjoy this thing telling about my grandparents coming here chasing the american dream that's very heartwarming to me um and did then, they did they feel they had achieved it in their lifetime i know they worked very hard night and day the restaurant business certainly is one of the most demanding careers one might follow did they feel that they achieved I don't know because uh, people didn't eat out in those days. I mean, most, as you know, most people cooked at home. So restaurants then were not like restaurants today where people think, oh, let's go out rather than cooking. It was a rare reason that you ate out. So they had to eke out. You know, they weren't packed with people standing in line to get in. Uh, I think that, but what they did, I think this is the lesson. When I watched my grandparents and I watched my parents, what they did, was very satisfying. I felt they felt proud that they were doing a good job, and that's that's what came across. Uh, and, and and you know, my parents, everyone lived basically in in nice, comfortable homes. Most people paid cash for their homes. They paid cash for their cars because no one wanted to be in debt. This was a depression era thing, but there was a, there was a proudness. I I had nothing but respect for my grandparents and my parents. I never never saw anything I didn't like. I always listened intently to what they had to say because I figured they were much smarter than I am, and they were. Uh, it was just, I, I was very fortunate to have them. Did they put you to work at that age? Oh, yeah. What yeah. were you doing at <laughs> 10, 12, 13 years old in the restaurant? Uh, at that age, well, actually, I, I learned to count. My mother put me in front of the cash register, and here's the coins at the register. And she said, here's how you count, and here's the money and everything. Uh, I think they had me bus tabled a little bit, but... By the time I became a teenager, uh, there would be times when someone didn't come to work, and they would call me to come in after school. And, uh, of course, every summer I would work all summer. We, we, those are six-day work weeks in those days. And uh, I would work all summer long. Uh, it was not easy because I would have to peel onions during the day, and if I had a date that night, I, I smelled of onions in my hands. But uh, 
uh, the, the dates. I didn't have that many dates. It sounds good. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, Maybe she really liked onions. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, anyway, so uh, I had an opportunity to work in the kitchen, which I'm very grateful because I worked across my first job. Nowadays, they just bring the dishes back and they just throw them on the on the ramp. In those days, you would you had someone who, which was my job, which to take the dishes and sort them. So when the dishwasher went, he would take the whole stack of the same kind and wash them. And then, of course, I would make coffee. In those days, I would make these huge vats of coffee because today, today El Cholo, we sell maybe three or four cups of coffee a day. That's all. That's all. Really. In those days, everybody at the end of the meal, they'd have a cup of coffee and they smoked their cigarette. That was. Hundred percent, and so I was making coffee all day long. I was heating tortillas, and of course during the daytime I was peeling onions. I was making green corn tamales, doing prep work. So I learned good thing. But I worked across from a dishwasher, and uh, an old Hispanic man, and he just every day showed up, washed the dishes. When occasionally, when a glass of beer came back that wasn't quite finished, he would finish it i would sit and watch this made it easier to wash <laughs> yeah, yeah but then when i learned when he retired he owned six houses that he had bought on his 65 dollar a week salary and paid for them so when he retired uh, he was in good shape i don't own six houses that i can rent out you know that's a great lesson though there's the american dream story the, yeah yeah and and it it did happen it did happen it reminds me i it has nothing to do with our interview tonight but i remember a number of years ago, reading about uh, Walt Disney's housekeeper passed away, and she had been with them for many, many years, had never married, had no family, and she left a multi-million, multi-million dollar estate huh. because she had saved every dime and also had invested it in stock. <laughs> but anyway, that's off the subject, but yeah, kind of a, a fun... It was a different mindset yeah, then. Very yeah. different, very yeah. different. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that as a kid, you were taught to count the change and count the money. I understand that your dad, George Salisbury, was in charge of the cash register pretty much. He was the head guy for the money. Well, what did, what, what was an, do you remember what a good day was in terms of the take in the restaurant in those early, early days? How much money came in the door? Well, the first time I really began to notice was when I suddenly started managing. I was in college and I'd come home in the summertime and they actually let me run the restaurant. So those are the first ones, and we would we had one of those little day diaries, and we would enter sales for the day, takeouts for the day, and then up in the corner we would put how much we were over or under, and then uh, on the bottom we pay you know uh, we pay a dollar ten for a light bulb <laughs> like that, and it was very simple record keeping. Uh, you asked me how much I I can remember three or four hundred dollar days were were. We're normal. In yeah. the really early days or in oh, college? Yeah. Okay. I can remember the first day that uh, I worked. I worked a, um, I worked a Mother's Day, and we uh, we were doing like four and maybe five hundred dollars. We did nine hundred and seventy dollars that day. What year would that be? <laughs> oh, Approxima- approximately. This is in the fifties. Okay. And my dad came. He said, "Why didn't you take thirty dollars out of your pocket and make it a thousand? And I had. I was running like crazy for 12 hours like that. Then that night, we were going to um, change the entire dishwashing department. Well, we couldn't afford to have people come in. So when we were done, I took off my suit, and my dad and uncle and I spent the whole nighttime 
ripping out the old dishwashing area so they could come in. Then I went home after about 26 hours and went to bed. Ron, could this happen today? (laughs) Could this happen today in a restaurant? Would the the people be that dedicated? Uh, I I haven't found it, although uh, I have hope. (laughs) No, the the lessons aren't there. The the need to get get it done. When my dad... uh, when I first came out of college, he said, okay, now you are going to start running the restaurants. But before we go there, we were going to Sears and Roebuck, and we bought a toolkit. And he, he had all the tools in He said, okay, now we can go to the restaurant. Now if something gets broken, you can fix it. It sounds like the family was extremely practical. Yeah. Not wasteful, not glamorous, just practical. What lesson is there in that? Is there still a world of practicality? I mean, it ties into what I said about who's going to stay all night to wash the dishes anymore. Uh, well, well, I have a young son who's what younger generation, and we walked by a penny on the ground the other day, and I said, aren't you picking that up? He said, no. He said, why? It's not worth my time. I said, okay. Well, let's, how about a nickel? No. Okay, I'm going to step this up. A dime? No. Uh-uh. Nope. No. I said, okay, okay. A quarter? Yeah, it's worth my time. So Well, he, there you go. <laughs> he, he has his own son now who I'm teaching every time I put I put pennies on the sidewalk and we walk by it and I say, Bodie, pick that penny up. So I'm getting back at him. Wow, that's great. <laughs> People, are you listening to this? Young parents, are you listening to this? They're probably thinking we're both crazy. But well, uh, yeah, also I'm an Aquarius and it drives him crazy. So and guess what? He had a second son and he was born. An Aquarius. And, and, and my son was hoping and praying that, that, that the birth would come a little bit later so he wouldn't. You made sure of that. I was, Somehow. Yeah, I was making sure he was going to be warned. So. Somehow you made sure of yeah. that. Let me go back to what you said a little bit earlier about, since we're talking about younger people and business and, and the whole money thing, uh, you, basically, you basically stated that our younger generation seems to be motivated more by money than anything else. Why? Is it because it's so hard to live now that things are so expensive? What? Why is it? Why is that well, such a motivation? Well, we you go to college and it costs you half a million dollars to get through a, a college, so we're telling it's a lot of money. Now you better get out there and earn that money back. And how yeah. do you do that? You have to get the right job and go to the right school. And anyway, it's. A, I think there's. But I'm going to. Something has happened to this Generation Z. They all of a sudden, I started to notice, they are, are awesome. The ones that are coming to work for us are their whole different approach. They are really awesome. In what way? They are they're focused. They want to learn. They work hard. They pay attention. I, I'm, I started to walk out of the restaurant at the cannery, and there's three of the young hostesses standing. And I said, uh, before I go, I want to tell you, I spend half my life telling you what a rotten generation you guys are. I said, but something happened to you guys. What happened? I said, you guys turned out marvelous. You're incredible. You you, you work hard. You pay attention. I said, what happened? And how'd they answer? And they, they got a smile on their face. I said, but I'll tell the rest of the world, the, the rest of your generation sucks. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was a way of paying them a compliment. And, and uh, actually, I have a grandson who's 24 who we just made a system manager at the cannery, which is a sophisticated and he's more than up to up to he could he could manage the restaurant today if if need be 24 is young he's 24 that's young i would have no problem turning over and we just hired another gal she just had her 21st birthday we've hired her on to manage 
it's I'm anyway. I we segue here, but that generation. But you were asking about what. Uh, yeah, the other ones. I think that we. I think we just we emphasize money and fame too much. I mean, what is this? Um, we call them people who are influencers. Right. I mean, the people can <laughs> b- create a huge livelihood by just influencing and telling you what you should do and everything. That's crazy. That is that is the happening thing now. It's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. real. Yeah. It's absolutely real. Uh, it has replaced in a lot of ways all the rest of the media. Um, including radio, television, those 20-somethings are not paying attention to my radio show, I'm afraid. <laughs> I want them to listen because I think we've got a lot to, lot to give, but they're, they're not. They're, they're looking at Instagram, TikTok, and all the rest, and they're getting all their information from that, and they're making decisions on what to buy and how to buy it, and people are making money out of that. It's yeah. a new world. I know. It's a new world. Listen, we have to take our first break. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bruce Cook. It's The Conversation live tonight on Angels Radio, and I'm having a great time with Ron Salisbury. El Cholo Restaurant, 100th anniversary. We've got so much more to talk about. But before we go to commercial, the music's playing, but I want to open up the phone lines, ladies and gentlemen. I know that I don't usually take calls, but with Ron here, I thought on the basis of the 100th anniversary celebration, with his blessing... We're going to ask some questions of our radio audience tonight. And if you care to call in, if you're in your car and you've got the apparatus to do it without crashing, the number is 714-2-830-830. 714-2-830-830. Our first question of the show, what's the most popular dish at El Cholo? $25 gift certificate to the winner. Call. We'll be right back. Radio AM 830. At the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute, the Hogue Epilepsy Program is accredited by the National Association of Epilepsy Centers as a Level 4 Epilepsy Center. This means that our experts provide the highest level care for patients with complex epilepsy. Our patient-centered approach to epilepsy treatment combined with state-of-the-art technology, including robotics and laser ablation, ensure the best possible outcomes for our patients. To learn more or for an evaluation, call 949-966-0243 or visit hogue.org forward slash epilepsy care. We are back, everybody. I'm Bruce Cook. It's a conversation live. Angels Radio tonight, AM 830 KLAA. Our phone lines are open, everybody. 714-2-830-830. You know that number. 714-2-830-830. The question is, call in and tell us what is the most popular dish at El Cholo Restaurant for the last 100 years. $25 gift certificate if you're in your car tonight. We'll get it right to you. You can drive right to the restaurant and enjoy that popular dish. In the meantime, we're back with Ron Salisbury, who is the legacy of that restaurant, third-generation owner and proprietor. And we're talking about values of people and and how things have changed for employees and and, uh, 
the world that we live in has that he has seen over his entire lifetime, which is pretty amazing, and all the changes. Um, I think we have a caller on the line. Oscar, who do we have on what line? Let's take line one. Oh, we got a pause here because he's answering the phone from from some of the calls are actually coming in, Ron. Good. Anybody there? Hello? I don't know what happened. All right, we're going to continue. We started talking about uh, changing values in in what you've seen over the years in your employees and in, in families and how – let me ask you this. We hear a lot of complaints that people today are coddled. They are apologized for. They don't take responsibility for themselves. It's always somebody else's fault. What say you? Well, that's a long – we can really get deep in that. Well, we got to. That's what radio's for. <laughs> yeah. uh, just a little side thing. I you, These apps where you can follow the baseball scores and pitch by pitch. Someone told me that now there's an app in which you can follow your child playing t-ball and how they're doing. It's gotten that bad. If you're not there to watch them in something simple, t-ball, we're obsessed with how well they're doing. But uh, uh, I, I still... There are so many stories at El Chol of some of the people, like I said, the dishwasher, only others who came, who still have come from very humble beginnings. They are still working hard and putting their children through schools and everything. And uh, I, I, I continue to hear some really heartwarming stories. It's, it's the other generation that we, we really have over. Uh, let me put this way: I, I get choosy with friends I like to be around and. I find there's kind of two people. There's people I can just be genuine with and we can talk about life. And other people, you're with them. The minute they start talking, start telling about the money they've made and, uh, and uh, you know, all the things they've achieved. And I think, what happened? How do these kind of conversations become relevant? But I ran into them a lot. Well, Ron, we got two callers. They both are hungry. Okay. We're going to take – Oscar, let's take caller one, Shirley. Is she there? Yes, I am. Shirley, how are you? Doing fine, thank you. Say hello to Ron Salisbury. Hi, Mr. Salisbury. I have heard a lot about you. Oh, you have? <laughs> One I... of my guy, my guy, basically, when he was a young boy at your restaurant, you basically was um, Friendly Hills um, Little League or yes. uh, up there, yes. right? Yeah. I, basically, yeah. this boy did not want Mexican food. Who didn't? And he, you, what yeah. you did, because you took him to your restaurant, took him across the street, and got him a hamburger and came back to El Chelo's. <laughs> I love that story, Shirley. That's so nice. Well, that's what we're trying to teach everybody in the restaurant. So thanks That's what for, we're talking about, Ron. <laughs> thank you for reminding me of that story. We're talking about just that thing. Shirley, what's the most popular dish at El Cholo for 100 years? All I know is I like the chili rianos. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we love the chili rellenos, but that ain't it. No. So, but, that, but that's my favorite, Shirley, too. So we're we're on the same page. Thing is, is Sarsada, I want Terry basically told me that story, and I had a wedding down at your. Um, my niece and nephew got married, and I was hoping to run into you at your um, Corona Del Mar store. Oh, I'm around a lot. That's great. And, that's and wonderful. You live you lived a couple houses down from this individual, Terry. Now, what was the name again? Terry Belongi. 
Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they had several boys. Small uh-huh. world, small yeah. world. That was that was the good days. The b- b- little league and Friendly Hills and Whittier. They were great years. Shirley, we're going to say thank you. We got to take the next call. Thank you so much for sharing that. We really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for the story, Shirley. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot, Oscar. Let's take uh, caller number two. I think it's Greg. Greg, yes. hello. Hi, Greg. How are you? Uh, fine, thank you. Thank you so much for listening and calling in, and say hello to Mr. Salisbury, mm-hmm. and tell us what's the most popular dish at El Cholo. Well, I'm going to have to say it's um, the tamales, because uh, um, that's what you used to <clears throat> I hear, used to hear a story. Right now, I'm on 12th place, right about four doors across the street from El Cholo. You I, are. And my, okay. Yeah. Um, well, have and you my had, grandmother used have you, you had dinner what? yet? Have you had dinner yet, Greg? Uh, no, I haven't. Well, if you're that close to El Cholo, you better get over there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to—I called in. I just wanted to relay a story. My grandmother uh, used to tell of going to El Cholo uh, in the late twenties and um, bringing a, 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 like an enamel uh, pot and asking to fill it up with tamales. And we're talking like nineteen twenty-eight. <clears throat> 29, and, and I just wondered if my answer was, I used to hear that story a lot. My no, answer that's a great, great story, and that sounds the way that we used to operate and hope we still do, yeah, but, you know, things are very personal in those days, and those are heartwarming stories. Unfortunately, the tamale is not the most popular, but I thought you were going with the green corn tamale, which, of course, when I hear, hear things, I always hear about the green corn tamale, which, of course, is number one. It can't be number one because we only sell it during the summertime, so... Greg, we are so happy that you called in, and uh, next time I have a tamale, I'm going to be thinking about your grandmother. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't know yet what the most popular dish is at El Cholo, so you better keep calling in. 714-283-830. Ron, they love the tamales, they love the chili relleno. (laughs) But we still don't know the answer. They are so close. and I'll just say that as a hint. Let's, uh, I'll, I will add a thing. This dish, if you read the book Unbroken about Louis Zamperini, which was very famous, Louis was, uh, I, I can tell what a great life I've had, but the story that Louis was my babysitter in the 1930s is my favorite story to tell how great my life and wonderful my life has been. Uh, Louis, as you, if you read the book, was a great uh, war hero. He disappeared, thought uh, missing in, during the, the Pacific Theater, was found again. And when Louis came back from Japanese prison camp, he sent me a letter saying he ate this particular dish. Something kept him alive in Japanese prison camp was to eat this dish. That's quite a that's quite a clue, <laughs> Mr. Salisbury. Anyway, we'll see if anybody comes in and gets it for us. Um, I'd like to skip ahead a little bit and talk about your 100th anniversary. What Thank is you. planned? What are we doing for this special year? Well, we wanted to celebrate as much. I wanted to get uh, as much, how can I put this, as much good out of it. There, there's so much good and so much stories to tell. It was an opportunity to really kind of cement the stories and cement who we are. I, as I mentioned, that naming the intersection 11th and Western, the city, naming it after my grandparents' Is, is monumental. That's going to be there as a result of the 100th. Uh, we're doing things like uh, 
if you're 100 years old or more, you eat free all year long. Um, uh, we're bring, bring back How many of those have you got? <laughs> not, too, not too many. Uh, we have a $100 margarita. We have a special glass being made, hand-blown glass made in Mexico, and uh, you get to keep the glass as a memorabilia. We have, of course, special T-shirts, pins, and things we're selling. But the thing that uh, I, I th- and Bruce, thank you for asking me, because the thing that it st- struck me, it's wonderful to celebrate something, and because of the attention you're getting for celebrating, it's an opportunity maybe uh, they're handing you to do something really special in, in t- reaching out in the world. And so it, it came to me to say, uh, we want to raise a, a million dollars for pediatric cancer research. Half of the money will go to Children's Hospital and half to Chalk here in Orange County. Um, as my son said, Dad, why didn't you just go for 100? It's easier to reach. And I said, well, it's, it's a real stretch. The uh, original thing we were going to do did not lend itself. It was going to raise about 600000 that. But the original thing logistically did not work out. So now we're scrambling. So now we, for instance, we put out, if, we, if you want to, we'll name a margarita, put it on the menu, and that, that margarita will be on the menu for a year and a half with your name, a gentleman immediately responded, said he, uh, he and his wife used to eat there twice a week. Uh, she very unfortunately passed away at a very early age, and he wanted to spend the $25,000 to put her name on the margarita so he could come in and still see her name there. So uh, we're doing that in, in, in we're doing that in El Cholo. We're doing other things, too. We're going to offer, because uh, those booths have been always a big part of who we are, uh, naming rights. Uh, a brass plaque on the booth with your name permanently uh, for five thousand dollars, which will go to, which is a contribution to this this cause. So, if you want to give something and also kind of uh, embed yourself, if you have a feeling for El Cholo and you want to memorize it, we have all kinds of opportunities to do it. And this hopefully, and then I'll take this a step further. Um, when we reach that goal, we wanted to, as a result of the hundredth anniversary. Forever now, always pick up another charity. So from now on, we'll always be raising money for for something of importance. So it's setting a standard. So it's very important to me to make this happen. I want to come back and talk more about this, but we have another caller, Ron. Okay. And maybe he's got the answer. Let's see who's on the line. Who do we have? Hello? Hello? Yes, hi. How are you? Good. This is Patrick. I was uh, Patrick. Where are you calling, calling from? Ah, uh, La Habra. Okay. We have uh, El Cholo just down the road. Yes, we do. We love El Cholo's La Habra. What the question? Do you have a story for us, or shall we just go right to well, the question? Well, I I just remember being introduced to El Cholo from our after work when I was in Los Angeles. We would go to the Santa Monica location for the L.A. Lemonades. And uh, that was always a big treat. We always look forward to that. Ron, what's the L.A. Lemonade? L.A., we were sitting, we had the regular margarita, and I thought, well, let's invent something different. So we sat down, and in a period of uh, one minute, we took three different uh, premium tequilas, threw them in, and said, how's that work? And it worked. <laughs> so, Patrick, I guess you, you had a good time with that L.A. Lemonade. Oh, yeah. It was one of the, we, we go back especially for, for the food and the L.A. Lemonade. It's one of the... <laughs> Staples. It's a, great story. It's great. Really it's, fun. But, he, but the chicken enchiladas, I would say, would be the, the favorite, but I don't know if uh, that's the right answer. But that would certainly be my number one. 
Ron, what do you think? Well, it's a little bit more complex than just one. This is a little more complex than one item, if that helps. Let's say you're close. Patrick, you're close. You want to take another stab so at it? So somebody said a Riano, someone said a tamale, now you said an enchilada. So you've kind of yeah. covered... A burrito. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. We're going to keep going. Patrick, thanks so much for sharing. We thanks, appreciate Patrick. it. Thank you. All the best. Ron, so we're back on the air, and uh, it's time to take another break. Before we do, we'll call out again. 714-283-830. Call in. We still have that gift certificate. Lots more to talk about. I'm Bruce Cook with Ron Salisbury tonight, live on Angels Radio. Angels Radio. AME 30. Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute at Hogue is ranked in the top 1% in the nation by U.S. News & World Report. It provides world-class care through multidisciplinary expert teams, each focusing on specific disorders of the brain and spine, such as stroke, aneurysms, brain tumors, Parkinson's disease, cognitive disorders including Alzheimer's, epilepsy, back pain, as well as spinal cord issues, addiction medicine, and sleep disorders. Our renowned experts offer the best evidence-based care, state-of-the-art technology, and the latest clinical research, all focused on the individual patient. Our stroke program was the first in Orange County named as a certified comprehensive stroke center, and our brain tumor program is the largest in Orange County and among the top volume programs in the Western United States. Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute. Compassionate care, clinical excellence, creative intelligence. To learn more, call 949-516-9075 or visit hogue.org forward slash neuroinstitute. And we are back and we're so happy to be back. I'm Bruce Cook with The Conversation Live tonight, Angels Radio, AMA 30. My very special guest, Ron Salisbury with El Cholo Restaurant's 100-year anniversary. We're talking about a long, long legacy of change and opportunity. We've touched on the American dream, how values have changed in our country, and we're still trying to give away the number one dish in the restaurant. And we have Chris on the line. Chris, join us. Yes, it's the one that I order once a week. It's a taste of history. It's the taste of history. Is that I know what the taste of oh, history you're, is. You're so close, but I don't think you're on the nose. You want, oh. But I'm glad you love it because that, yeah, that that one's dear to my heart. Yeah, it has one of everything, and that's why, I, like I say, I go in there once a week and I order my taste of history. Well, it's buried in oh, there. It's not, it's Maybe not we should give him a taste of history gift certificate anyway, Ron. What do you think? Uh, I think that might be a good idea. Okay, Chris, we're, you're not, you don't have the answer, but because you love the taste of history and because we're all about history tonight, Oscar, take Chris's name down and send him a $25 gift certificate so he can enjoy a taste of history, hopefully with his better half or friend or whatever. What do you say, Ron? Oh. I'm all for it. Chris, is that okay with you? Which restaurant yeah, do you go I, to, Chris? Yeah, I, I appreciate that very much. Where, where do you go? Which El Cholo do you go to? Um, the one on Western. Oh. The real one, the original. <laughs> yeah. Great. Good. Yeah, my. Um, uh, yeah. Did you know that it started actually on the east side of the street before it went west? Um, yes. Um, um, my family's from um, 
uh, just a block away from. We've been there a hundred years too. Wow, which street? Yeah, twelfth place. Which one? I'm sorry. Twelfth place. Oh, twelfth place. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, eleventh, eleventh, and uh, Western now is the. They named it the square in honor of my grandparents. So oh, that's permanent. Yeah. Yeah. Which would make me really feel awfully good. So, all good, all good. Anyway, Chris, thank you for calling. Thank you for being an El Cholo's Taste of History fan, and uh, we're moving on. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, bye-bye. thank you. Bye. Goodbye. Well, that's pretty good. Listen, people, one more chance. Our show is moving so fast, but one more chance. Chris was very close with the four-item Taste of History, but that's not the number one dish. That has been sold for 100 years. One last chance, 714-283-830. Okay, back to the 100th anniversary and pediatric cancer. Right. Um, hard to raise a million dollars one nacho at a time, but I love the idea that the you can buy that card. Yeah. Tell, talk about the card. Okay, well, we talk do about have the card. nacho card. We start off with a card for a $100 contribution. You get a card which entitles you to free nachos anytime you come in the restaurant. We're going to expand that card. It also gives you an opportunity to uh, actually go into a drawing and maybe win owning El Cholo for a day when what we're is done. That, what does that mean? Uh, well, it means you come in, you turn the key in the door, and you come in and you talk to everybody and at the, close at night, and we give you what the what the profit was for the day. So, wow. so you can, you could say you owned a restaurant for the day. So we're doing that. Is that like owning the Angels team with a no, share? No, not, <laughs> no, not the same. <laughs> and then we're also, we have a thing like at the, uh, uh, we have a we have a, a thing at the, at the Cannery Restaurant where we take you by helicopter over Laguna and Newport Beach and then bring you back and put you in a Duffy boat with food and put you out in the harbor. We're giving that away. So we're, so we're giving some really good things away. Now, Louis by the Bay, we're going to sell their own card which will entitle you 20% off wine, and the cannery is going to have their own card. So there will be these cards that you can get besides the other thing. We have a lot of ways you can participate and hopefully uh, benefit from helping us to to raise that, that money. I also want to give you a shout-out because I know that you have generously agreed to support Balboa Island Museum on May the 4th, which they're calling Cuatro de Mayo. Right. They're having a fundraiser uh, for people that support the museum, which is a nautical history and uh, local uh, Orange County Coastal History Museum, and uh, El Cholo's going to cater. So That sounds like a lot of fun. We thank you. The party is going to be on the Balboa Island Ferry. Yeah. That For those that, of you that know the area and know the history of another 100-year history of the ferry that goes back and forth between the island to the peninsula and back and forth for 100 years, uh, the dinner and party will be served on the ferry, which will not go back and forth, but instead will go around the bay. And uh, they're very grateful to you for for providing the oh, food and margaritas. Oh, we're thrilled to be part of it. What about that lemonade thing that that guy was talking about? Oh, I lemonade? don't know that. Are, they, are we going to have those? What's yeah, that? We could have that. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's just another margarita. It, I like them a little bit better than the regular margarita. It has a little bit more of a blend to it. So Okay. Yeah. What about family, Ron? You have a big family talk to me about who they are what they're doing some of them are in the business some are not well, what's the future where what is the future of el cholo beyond well, 100 years yeah but i have seven children 18 grandchildren another one on the way and six great-grandchildren actually one great-granddaughter who's pretty darn sharp she's a junior in college at the university of utah 
But uh, can you name them all right now in thirty seconds? Not in thirty seconds, okay. no. But I can name them all. I bet you can. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, it, given my age of ninety, you can figure a lot of my kids are in their sixties. So some of them have they participated in the restaurants. Some have decided they're going to live their life doing some other things. I have a, one son that was passionate about it, and when he was no longer in the restaurant that he that we were running for forty one years. Uh, we had to close because the neighborhood changed. He couldn't get people to work. It was just, and so he uh, spends 365 days a year outside in Utah. He either skis or he hikes. So that's his life, and that's, I, I can't fault him for that. So anyway, I have uh, my six older kids are all basically what one daughter runs an El Cholo, uh, one has his own El Cholo, uh, one works in the office. Um, and that, that kind of uh, covers the ones that are still active. I have a younger one who came later in life. That's Brendan, and Brendan is taking over the company, so he will be running the company. Um, I have some uh, one grandson who has shown particular interest in running uh, the high end, the, the, uh, the cannery in Louis, and I know he's going to be really good. So and I hope others will, will show up. It's a, it's not a business for everybody. Uh, there was a young lady that has shows a lot of promise, and I went to her the other day, and I said, "You know, uh, Peyton, you you strike me, you really do a great job here." And I said, "What's your interest?" And she said, "I really want to stay in the restaurant business." I said, "That makes me feel good, but I wouldn't want to be the person that talked you into it because there, there, it, it can be fraught with problems in your life. It, it uh, you know, it's not a, every you're working seven days a week, you're working nights, and." Those can cause problems and relationships going on. I wouldn't want to be the, the person that talked you into it. But if you truly, truly want to do it, I would do anything, work day and night, to help you get there because you really have the talent and that rare desire to do it. So there are those people out there. It, you, have to, you have to really be obsessed and want to do it. You have seven kids and 18 grandkids. Mm-hmm. You work night and day and have your entire career. How is that possible? Because, because you brought it up about the challenges of family life and balancing things and how difficult it can be. How have you managed to keep it all together? Well, to be honest with you, uh, you know, I was married before, and uh, my wife had six kids. And she uh, was home sometimes with two kids in diapers, and I was very young. And at that age, you were driven to figure out who you are. And I, when I wrote her a long letter, I said, you know, I'm sorry it didn't work out between the two of us, but... Seeing the way the kids are being raised today and knowing what you went through, you had a cleaning lady once a week, and you had all those kids, and you were responsible for cooking, for cleaning and everything. I said, I have to hand it to you. You did one hell of a job, and she did. Um, it's, it's not easy. Everybody, it's a, You know, you have to kind of bend a lot. You have to want to be part of it. You have to respect each other, and, uh, and uh, it's, it's a balancing act. Truly. What about the future? What about, is it possible to even imagine another hundred years down the line, or is that just unbelievable? I I never thought we'd get to this hundred. We are opening a restaurant in Salt Lake City because uh, I've always told everybody we we want the restaurants that you can drive to all of them in the same day, and this is certainly not a restaurant you can drive to in the same day, but uh, as California gets deeper and deeper in, they want to outlaw gas cooking. 
everything they want to do is is anti, making it difficult and more difficult for restaurants. And the you know, looking down the line, you you get a little very concerned that the, with restaurants as we know them will even be able to survive. Utah is the opposite. It's it checks off all of the boxes. Um, it's you know, it's like the west of the the city of. Salt Lake actually assigned somebody to make sure that our plans went through fine, which is certainly not what you'd expect around here. And uh, the people are good; that the opportunities are there. Um, anyway, there's just it's and it's. I'm hopefully everybody says, "Why are you doing this in '90?" It's because, well, first of all, I'd like to say I did it in '90. I, I, I got to admit that's kind of makes you feel good, but I feel I'm setting them on a course in the future. There's all kinds of opportunities in the state of Utah, and going forward, depending how many of our kids want to do it, the, the opportunities are there, and I'm hopefully setting them up to see, see that path. Interesting. We need to take a third break, Ron. When we come back, we're going to close up uh, with some final thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, Bruce Cook, The Conversation. We'll be back right away. Angels Radio, AMA 30. As part of the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute, Hoag's Neurospine Program offers innovative methods to reduce pain, inflammation, and improve mobility safely and effectively, often without surgery. Should you need surgery, Hoag is a leader with minimally invasive techniques, 3D imaging, and robotics to restore your golf swing or your swing dance. Many of our patients go home in just a few hours, walking the very next day. Call our dedicated nurse navigator at 949-537-2931 for an evaluation or visit hoag.org forward slash We're back. We are both smooth operators, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Bruce Cook with Ron Salisbury. Our time is almost up. We congratulate Ron and El Cholo and the entire family on 100 amazing years in restaurants in Los Angeles and greater Southern California, and now Utah, as he explained. In our last minutes, what is the best selling dish for 100 years at El Cholo, Mr. Salisbury? Let's just see. You kept saying, you said, what's the number one seller? The answer is the number one. The number one. <laughs> People that are listening tonight, you could have had that $25 gift certificate. But on that note, we say all the best in, in helping raise that money for pediatric cancer at Children's Hospital Los Angeles, Children's Hospital Orange County. You're going to do it. You certainly have enough projects going on. People listening, head into El Cholo, head into Louis, head into the cannery, and find out what you can do to help support Ron's program to raise raise that money for pediatric cancer on that i say thank you ron god bless you god bless you listeners the same to you have a wonderful week and come back again to angels radio on sunday night at six o'clock for the conversation good night everybody Bruce Cook Conversation. 
Hear the Bruce Cook Conversation on Sundays at 6 p.m. Pacific on AM 830 KLAA. And hear the podcasts of every show on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public.